Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, how fantastic to be able to be together this weekend. It's been superb uh, and really important that we gather together like this. And uh, we, so we welcome, Ovi tells me 20 are from here from Atherstone this morning. Yeah, there we go. Give us a big wave. Atherstonians, great to see you. Probably a few from Market Harborough. And maybe some from Stony Stanton and elsewhere. And it's been great to have other friends in with us over the weekend. And uh, I just think to be able to give thanks for all that God has done in the last 12 months. It is exactly a year ago since we last met in this way. And there's lots of new people and some new places. So we give thanks for that. And what I want to do today is pick up, if you could put my slide up, please, uh, whoever that is. Adam, yeah. Um, pick up on our theme of the weekend, the river of delights. Not that one. <laughs> Tim knows where they are, I believe. Pick up on our, on our theme of the weekend. And, and in that context, I want to do something which I believe is really important. I want to consider four particular prophetic words that have been brought to us, come to us, spoken into us, as a church, and in the context of uh, that theme, the river of delights, to talk about these words because I believe they are words that should encourage us and should shape us and should uh, create some action and cheer us on. Um, so, let me first of all just say something about this river. This river, there's some, t- there's some verses up there, and um, The river of God is a major recurring theme from literally from the uh, second chapter of the Bible all the way through till the last chapter. The river of God. So if you turn with me please to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2 and verse 7 says, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man he'd formed. And the Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the midst of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out from Eden to water the garden. And from there it divided and became the source of four rivers. It then gives the names and it says where they flowed. But essentially, um, these four rivers were understood to kind of circle the pre-flood world. These rivers watered the whole earth, watered the garden, and went out to water the earth. God carrying his life, his purpose, his glory out from his presence in Eden into all the earth. And I just want you to hold that image because it's a really powerful image and we're going to return to that throughout what I want to share. These four rivers carrying the life of God, carrying the purpose of God out from the garden to circle the whole earth. 
Then if you turn with me into the Psalms, in Psalm 36, we read, we read of those um, who take refuge in the shadow of your wings. I was so blessed to sing that song this morning, Rich. We might need to return to that. And who drink, who feast on the abundance of your house, and you let them drink from your refreshing stream or from your river of, li- river of delights. For with you is life's fountain. In your light we will see light. Psalm 46 and verse 4 says that God is a refuge and a strength. And though many things may happen, though the earth may shake, verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. There's a river. There's a river that's flowing. There's There's a powerful image for us here. There's some truth in all of this. Isaiah 55 and verse 1. God the Father, Isaiah 55, verse 1. God the Father says, Come, everyone who's thirsty, come to the waters, and you without money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Come to the waters. Come to the waters, God says. In Ezekiel 47, this is an image that many of us will be familiar with. There's a, there's a prophetic, the prophet sees a river that is flowing from under the temple and is getting ever deeper. And it starts off just, just ankle deep, then becomes knee deep, then becomes uh, waist deep, and, until eventually it's a river that's so deep that you can only really swim in it. And he sees this river, and, and we won't read all the description now, I trust you're familiar with it, but, but there are trees on both sides of this river. And this river is containing so much life that wherever it flows, foul water becomes fresh, has a transformative effect. And that wherever it flows, all kinds of fish are there, all kinds of life. All kinds of creatures, wherever it flows. And these trees that are on both banks are bearing fruit every month. That's supernatural. Every month. And the leaves of the trees are are for medicine, are for the healing of the nations. It's a powerful, powerful image. And then we come into John's Gospel where Jesus, on two occasions, offers this water. In John 4... Speaking to the Samaritan woman, she asks him about, uh, he asks for some living water. And she says, where, where can I get this living water? And, and he explains to her and he reveals himself to her. And he says that if she was to drink the living water that he offers, she'll never thirst again. In fact, he says, those that drink, they will never thirst again. Folks, if we drink his living water, we never thirst again. In fact, he says, it will become in them a stream of living water welling up to eternal life. Turn with me, please, to John 7, where Jesus makes another invitation. John 7, the last few verses. Where it says, on the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and he cried out. He cried out. If anyone is thirsty... He should come to me and drink. He's he's repeating his father's words through the prophet Isaiah. Come to me and drink. And the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, 
will have streams of living water flowing from within him. He said this about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were going to receive. It's a reference to the day of Pentecost. And then finally, and again, I I would like you to turn here to the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, the river of life, the living waters, this river of delights. The last verse of the Bible, the last chapter of the Bible, begins with these verses. Then he showed me the river of living water. And and here we get the fulfillment of this imagery that's been flowing through the scriptures, picked up by the prophets, picked up by Jesus. And here's the fulfillment of it. The, The Apostle John now sees this. He says, he showed me the river of living water, sparkling like crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the broad street of the city. And on both sides of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing, are for healing the nations. And there will no longer be any curse, because this is Eden restored. The, trees, the tree is there. The river is there. Now there's no longer any curse. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. And they'll see His face. Now God is seen face to face in this wonderful vision that John is having. Eden is restored, the river is flowing, the curse is removed, the tree of life is available to be eaten from, and God is seen face to face. They're fantastic images. It's a wonderful study if you want to pursue this. But, but what do these references and these images and these pictures tell us? They tell us that his river carries life. And his presence and power and healing and gets deeper and creates new life of all kinds wherever it goes and quenches our thirst and springs up within and fills and fills us with his spirit so that we carry his life and his health wherever we go. They tell me that God wants to wash the world. God wants to wash the world. And folks, if just in case you came in with earplugs in this morning, the river is here. God's speaking clearly. The river is here amongst us that we would jump in and get in and drink from it and carry its life elsewhere. And it is a river of delights. Nothing to be afraid of. And I say all that by way of context because in various ways... I believe that's exactly what God has been speaking to us about over the years in these prophetic words that I want to come to. Hold those thoughts. A lot of the imagery gets a bit mixed up. As I was preparing, I'm thinking, does this follow from that? Or or am I in a Revelation 22 situation where it all gets a bit muddled and it doesn't really matter too much? We take really seriously the prophetic word. We, we believe God speaks today. We believe his voice can be heard. We believe he wants to speak to us. He's spoken this morning. We've been here. We've we experienced that. And, and we weigh and we test the word. And when we believe things are the word of the Lord to us, I'm sure you can join me in saying we want to embrace those things. We want to act upon those things. We want to respond to those things. And to be very honest, 
It's the prophetic words that we've received as a church over many years which have really shaped us, really helped us to know strategically what to do, how to, how to best um, engage with mission. So in January of this year, um, the elders and the wives and Deborah and I met together and we met somewhere called the Stable House, which felt very appropriate. And we met at the Stable House and we reviewed the words that God had spoken into this church over years. Especially we reviewed some older words. We wanted to give thanks for what's been fulfilled. And we wanted to identify key words that we felt were substantial, specific, um, strategic, and unfulfilled. Or at least not fully fulfilled. In fact, when I, when I talk about these in a moment, you'll see all of them are being fulfilled. And um, we wanted to do this because we just felt we mustn't let these things fall to the ground. God has honoured us with his voice, with instruction to help us. We, we, we mustn't abandon, let these things fall to the ground or, or kind of move on because some of them are years, years old, as you'll just discover in a moment. And there were four words in particular that we, uh, we've, we felt were fulfilling those criteria. Uh, and don't put this up yet, um, Adam, but uh, they concerned, first of all, the villages. Secondly, they concerned Antioch. Thirdly, they concerned being a haven of health. And fourthly, they concerned what God had said about wild flowers. Okay, I'm going to expand on all of those in a moment. And I just feel, as that river separated into four other rivers, there's a sense in which these four words are carrying our life, carrying his life, carrying his blessing, and, and must kind of create a flow out from us into the nations. You understand what I'm saying? You picture, you stay with the imagery because it'll, it'll be helpful. Now, um, many people, and probably most people, were not here when all these words were spoken. So what I'd like you to do now is just have in your mind, just work out the year in which you became part of Living Rock Church. If everybody could just have a think about that. The year that you became part of this church. And then, um, or, or, or on your way in, or however you'd describe that. And then work out how many years ago that was. Okay, so it's like a, you can get your, cal get your phones out, use your calculators if you want. 2023 something minus something you know okay how many years it was and then just if you could just give me a show of hands I'd like us all to see this how many of you have been part of this church for 25 years or more well done good and faithful servants isn't that great I think they deserve a, a medal <laughs> 25 years or more how about if you, if you did the calculation and you reckon it's... it's it, don't include the 25 plus now. We, we, you know, you've, we've done you. 20 or more. 20 to 25. Okay. How many are in that category? 20. Hands a bit higher. 
Okay, 20 plus, that's brilliant. Oh, you're all sitting over there. That's odd. How about a sort of 15 to 20? Yeah, brilliant. 10 to 15? Uh, 5 to 10? A big chunk. Uh, and um, 1 to 5? A big chunk, wonderful. What about just within the last year? Praise God. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. And um, what I want everybody to grasp is this. Wherever you came in, you came into these words. It doesn't matter that you weren't here when they were spoken because, because I've studied them. They all have a long life to them. And I believe this, and I want you to believe this this morning. And this is, maybe this is where the, the seals have to come off. I believe God spoke these words with you in mind, Stuart. For example. There are some things you're going to hear, and I honestly believe they can't be fulfilled without you here. It's why we're here. It's, it's, it's part of our, it's shaping our mission together. And so wherever you came in, wherever you are on that, on that spectrum, wherever you, are, wherever you are on the spectrum, folks, these belong to you. This is God's word to us. You were in God's heart when he spoke them. And the first one I'm going to share with you is 35 years old, predates the church. But I honestly believe if I look around this room, God had you in mind when he spoke this word. Can you receive this? Can, you, can, can there be a rise of faith? To say this, this isn't the old timers, this is not the 10-year-olds ten, the over there or whoever they are, or the 35-year-olds. Bench put his hand up for 25. He's only 30-something. 32, I do know. <laughs> 30, yeah, 32. So, what are these words? What did God say? How do they apply to Chris and Helen Vesey? Even though they all predate you. On the 28th of March, 1989. That actually predates a lot of you just a living, you know, <laughs> being alive. The Lord spoke to me in a way I'd never really heard him before. And if you could put this word up, please. Um, I want you to go into the countryside and villages and bring in my sheep. It was a word spoken in different ways, a dream, scripture, um, an audible voice. And that word became alive in me and in Deborah and has been ever since. And is the basis of what we started in our home, which then joined with a group in Hinckley. Our group was called Rock of Life Church. Uh, the group in Hinckley was called Covenant Life Church. And uh, we joined together. And we both had a focus in towns and villages. And that word was um, caught by us and still shapes our mission. The Lord wants us to go where he went, village to village. Mark 6, 6, Matthew 9, Matthew 10, Matthew 4. And he wants us to go where he went, carrying good news in the flow of his river. It's the core of who we are and why we're here. 
It's why we're based in Stony Stanton. And by the way, Stony Stanton was only about half the size when we bought this place. <laughs> why are we buying a warehouse in a tiddly little village called Stony Stanton? Uh, it's why we're here, not in the city. It's why con- our congregations come from near and far. It's why there are life groups in so many villages. It's why God is still speaking a visionary word through a prophet to cause us to think bigger about the region we're in. We're here for everyone, and we love that God is bringing people from the city. We love all that God is doing. There's a place for everyone. But listen, we will not forget the villages. As I said the other night, they are our heartland, towns and the villages. We are now in 75 towns and villages across Leicestershire, Warwickshire, Northamptonshire and Staffordshire and I do have a list here but I'm not going to read it out to you but it starts at Ashby de la Zouche and ends in um, Wilbarston or somewhere on the back of, uh, well in Northamptonshire and everywhere in between well not everywhere but now I believe at such a time as this we must rededicate ourselves to sharing the goodness of God in all these places the prophetic word. Deborah didn't know what I was going to share particularly on this. If you believe God leads and guides, you need to know why you live where you live. Why did you move there? Why are you there? What's it all about? The river of delights that we enjoy amongst us must flow into hundreds of smaller streams to water hundreds of villages. Rich in his exhortation sort of picked up most of this point really but but I really want us to want to see us in the coming weeks, months, years that life groups, families, friends are praying for their villages. Catching God's heart, catching God's burden, inviting people, becoming the new chapel in your little place because most of the old ones are closing down but there's a new chapel in Gilmorton It meets in Greg and Kay's home. Let's open lots of chapels in all these smaller places. everybody Everybody has the right to partake in what we have. The river of delights. Let's let's um let's have lots of mission initiative that we can simply say, Amen, go and do it. Let's have some house churches emerging. Let's have some people relocating and taking us with them into new places. That's a very specific word for some of you. So that was the first word that has shaped us that we must not let fall to the ground. The second concerned um, what we we call the Antioch Church. And um, this was a word brought to us by Andrew Eagle in 2010. So it's still 13 years ago, okay? It's on the screen for you to read. You will be an Antioch church, building up and branching out. You will be a people who will nurture, develop, and recognize new ministries. Ministries which you will then send out, not just to other countries of the world, but across this country, which you will, uh, you will send ministries to developing churches, which you will plant, and to established works which you will strengthen. You will send these ministries, some for a season, and some will be planted out from you. 
I've always felt this is kind of the other half of that word about the villages. That our mission, our influence, our impact starts here, but God intends it to go much further. There is a building up and a branching out, like those rivers, to water the earth. Our, our one-line mission statement for all the years has been from the heart of the nation to the ends of the earth. It sounds really aspirational, doesn't it? But God is fulfilling that word. The word speaks of ministries growing and being sent out to the UK, to, to overseas, but I think especially to the UK. I think as I read that, that was part of the emphasis there. To help plant new churches, to help strengthen existing churches for a season or for longer. And what I love about this, this is a word 13 years ago about the apostolic base that would emerge here. But God spoke of it in advance. It's exactly what he's describing. So be really encouraged that we're seeing this. The youth are going to Zambia this summer. You will be sent from this church to minister in another place. Be encouraged, folks. But, But I also believe it's time, whether you were here 25 years ago or within the last year, it's time to grow a bigger passion for a bigger picture. To grow a bigger passion for a bigger picture. To grow up into all that God has called you to be. To play your part and, and, and to play your part when there's sending, when there's commissioning. To support new things. To say, I'll go. Because it's really vital that we see large teams growing here. And I just want to say this as I finish on this, this point. Don't count yourself out. Don't count yourself out. And don't, whatever you do, let comfort or compromise kill your calling. It's so easy, isn't it, to just feel comfortable. There's such a great setup here. You know, I don't have to do anything. I just turn up and be entertained. And Rich will have got here early. The musicians will have practiced. And I can just come and soak in the river and just tread water and tread water and tread water and you'll miss all the fun, all the action, all, the, all that God caught. You'll miss your destiny. So don't let comfort or compromise kill your calling. Amen. Amen. The third word um, concerned what we've often called a haven of health. This word was brought to us by a man named Matt Clark who, with his wife Celia... Matt was Canadian, Celia, well, Matt is Canadian, Celia is, is still alive, still doing well, is, is uh, Norwegian. Uh, she's Anna's daughter and Svanhill's sister. And for a time, Matt and Celia were part of this church, and during that time, Matt brought this word. I heard a phrase I'd never heard before, and it caught us. This house is a house of my supernatural presence. For you, this is you. Wherever you are on the spectrum, this is you. This house is a house of my supernatural presence. For you will be known throughout this community and nation as a house where God himself is dwelling. 
For you need to understand that the house I'm speaking of isn't contained within these four walls, but it's you. Some hallmarks of this house will be righteousness, joy, prosperity, blessing and health. I'd heard all those words before. For the health I'm speaking of, I hadn't heard this before, is a haven of health. It's a health that hasn't been seen or demonstrated yet. For I'm enlarging your thinking, says the Lord, and expanding your vision. And it starts with a surrendered life. For the things that I said to you, I cannot do unless you first surrender all to me. For it will not be what you will achieve in this place, but what I will achieve through you. It's a wonderful word. I felt this week, just thinking about it, I felt I could believe that God brought Matt and Celia here for nine months just to give us that word. Because it's so important, so vital, so transformative for us. But it's easily misunderstood, easily misapplied. This is not a word about claiming your healing. It's a word about surrendering to the healer the God of all health. It's a word that says we, God's people, God's house, we will be known as a people of supernatural presence, what will be seen in those kingdom hallmarks of righteousness, joy, prosperity, blessing and health. Sounds like there's a river flowing. And we, not this place, not these four walls, we, we will be a haven of health. Now, I find that encouraging, specific, and quite demanding and challenging because it starts with a surrendered life. And I just feel it's vital that we embrace it at such a time as this. It's timely, it's encouraging, it's challenging. A haven, do we all know what a haven is? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a safety, it's a refuge, it's a shelter from storms, from attacks. And a haven, is, it, it can be provided here by our friends, by our teaching, by our eldership, by the covering we receive, by an environment that's Bible-believing and Spirit-filled. All of those things help create a safety a refuge, a shelter. I had a message this week from somebody who just said, I just want to say I'm so thankful to be in a Bible-believing church because right now there's a lot of people uh, struggling to even tread water. And God spoke, out, spoke about a haven of health, not healing, not just healing, but a haven of health. And as we reflected in January, we said, you know, that's health in every respect. That's physical health. That's spiritual health. That's emotional health. That's mental health. It's a freedom from sickness, but it's also a freedom from anxiety and insecurity and bad choices. It's being healed. And it's being made whole. And it's staying well. Yes. Stewarding those things. And I believe it means... Purity, cleanliness in the way we speak, the way we act. 
It's about lifestyles and relationships that are healthy. It's about a peace, a grace, a kindness amongst us that provides the the environment, the context for healing. You with me? It's about decisions and choices that you make for you and your family, you and your teenage kids. It's about decisions and choices you make that are healthy ones, that bring you nearer to God and his people, not further away. That's why the Lord said it starts with a surrendered life. My health begins with my surrender. We're so blessed, aren't we? And um, we are so blessed that this house is healthy. Healthy doctrine. Clarity. Healthy eldership. Peace, order. We don't take those things for granted. We're, We're so blessed. But at such a time as this, when so many are facing storms, when some are shipwrecked, this word needs to be freshly embraced and understood and outworked by us. There's so much more to see. But I felt God say this to me as I prepared this week. If we will build the haven, he will bring the health. If we will build the haven, our task is creating the haven, a healthy haven, and then he brings his health. He brings his healing. But our task is creating and being part of a a haven that is suitable for his health. And it's about making sure everything about our lives and our relationships and our gatherings and our choices creates a haven and makes room for him to bring his health and his healing. Amen. Amen. The fourth word that the Lord um, encouraged us to lay hold of afresh is this word. This word was uh, brought by Kerry Jones, apostle to the church at that time, uh, in September 2014. We call this wildflowers. That's our, kind of, our, our, our shorthand for this word. I am bringing you into a new phase. I will give you seed to sow that will bring forth wildflowers. I will add people to you that will be seen as wild by others. That's not why I said God had you in mind. Well, it is in a a sense, but, but just bear with me as we read on. I will add people to you, God said nine years ago, that will be seen as wild by others. It will change the whole church. You will no longer be of one type of people, but I will add many from the working classes and from the wealthy classes. And the whole thing will not be sectioned, but there will be one garden and there will be great symmetry. One beautiful garden. And you will have all that is needed for the new phase. I will add ministries to you who will help you care for all the types of people I'm giving you. And you need to be planning for a building that is twice the size because the church will be twice as large. 
in the phase ahead, you will build what is in your heart. And what is in your heart to do and what I'm calling you into will require resources of great measure, more money than you have ever had, greater resources than ever before, but wealth will come from those that I'm adding to you. This word speaks first about diversity. A new phase, God said, in which he will add people from different backgrounds, different types, different classes, different wealth, and everything will be more beautiful. More beautiful. The picture he gave us is a garden. That's where the river flows. That's where seeds are sown that are watered and grow, and everything then reseeds and self-seeds, you can tell I live with a gardener, because I, knew, I know what both those things mean, and keeps growing and doesn't stop. And there's always more variety, more types, more colour, more beauty. And, and I'm super encouraged that we're in that phase already. This church is... Well, those of you, those, who was in the 25-year category? Um, would you say we're more or less diverse now than then? Way more. Way more. Probably. And those in the 10-year category will say the same. We're in this phase. God is adding to us, just as he promised. But at such a time as this, it's vital we now stay on God's page. Many more are coming. All types, all backgrounds. And that is so that his heart... And his kingdom can be fully expressed. Those of you sitting near an empty chair, just have a look at that chair. Let's just imagine who might be sitting there this time next year. Might even just, just start to, in your heart, pray, Lord, bring people to fill these chairs. Make us more diverse. Add more colour. Add more background. Add more difference to us, Lord, we pray. Add more nations. The word then goes on to speak about things like planning and buildings and money. God's never embarrassed to talk about money and resources. And God said we must plan to be twice as large, which will require a building twice as large. But we will have all we need. And I want to add to that, we will have all we need in Market Harbour, and in Atherstone, and in Stony Stanton, and in El Shilton. Thank you, brother. We'll put that in the building fund. We will have no lack. So I want to say to you, and then I'm just going to move on to something else in just a moment. We need to get ready to warmly welcome everybody that God is adding. This is his church, not yours, not mine. And when God is growing things and changing things, it's vital we keep our hearts open and never look back. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm being interrupted. Just as Tim did that, God spoke to me and he said, we need to respond when God moves. God said that from us, great wealth will come. 
Now this is completely impromptu, but I want us to, if your heart's moved you just now, as David's been talking about a building that's twice the size, and you believe that you have some of the finance that's needed, then let's respond right now. Let's bring an offering, say we're with you in this, we're responding to the word, we recognise that we are part of the resource that God's Amen. given to you. Amen. We're in this together. We're part of this building. And right now, I want us, if your hearts, you know, I love the passage in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were asked to bring for the building of the yes. tabernacle. Yeah. And they had to stop them. Stop that we've brought more than we need. Stop. But he said, everyone whose hearts moved them mm. came and brought. If this word has stirred your heart this morning, then come and bring, please. Respond to God. Amen. 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 I'm going to just keep talking while you do that. Praise God. Amen. I hope you've seen the flow of the river through these words. The flow of the river through these words. And they give divine description. Just let's say that word together. Divine description. I believe these words give divine description to our church. A church that will water hundreds of towns and villages. A church that will overflow to other places, other nations. A church, and I'm talking of all of us here, a church that will carry his life and his presence, which is righteousness, joy, prosperity, blessing, and health to all types, and will create a glorious, beautiful garden. These words are ours. Perhaps you just say with me, these words are mine. Just say that. Just say, these words are mine, Lord. I'm embracing these words. These words are mine. And we're seeing progress. But now is a time for so much more. For all of us, it's time to play our part in a much greater fulfillment. I wonder whether some of these words have been waiting for you. I'm just, just because I have Greg and Kay in my line of sight here. When they came up two and a bit years ago, there was a real sense, God has joined us with them for our purpose. God is in this. God is joining you. Amen. I can say that's about so many others. I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Acts, please. I want to finish in the book of Acts. God's been waiting for you. Well, he's not waiting. He doesn't wait. He moves. He said that. But God spoke these words with you in mind to be part of a large church, reaching the towns and villages, sending ministry, creating a haven of health, and expressing something stunningly beautiful. The Holy Spirit spoke these words. And if you turn with me to the book of Acts, we're going to finish with a, a journey down the river in the book of Acts because I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken into our church he's spoken of what will be and he will help us to see it outworked because he's done it all before he's done all this before the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost begins a flow of a river 
that starts to flow out of Jerusalem and into the villages and the towns and the cities and the nations. And I want us to just briefly, as you'll see on the screen there, follow the journey of this river, pausing at four places. Just saying something briefly about these four places. The the river flows in Acts chapter 8. It says the disciples were scattered. The river starts to send its, um, its, what the opposite of tributary, the other bits that go off the river. The river starts to send other streams. And it says some of those scattered disciples came to Samaria. Philip went to Samaria. It says he had a powerful ministry. And Peter and John go to see him. And then it says in verse 25, and they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. The villages are in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Timothy and Luke are on their way to Philippi, but it says in verse 13 that we went to a place outside the city by the river. And there they met a lady called Lydia who opened her heart to the Lord and then opened her home. And this new church began to meet in this lady's home. This was a place outside the city by the river. Not all the New Testament churches were in cities. The Holy Spirit loves villages and there's no more fruitful place than outside the city by the river. Amen. In Acts chapter 11, it says some of those who were scattered went to Antioch. And what's described here is a church where three times it tells us there were large numbers. Large numbers were saved. Barnabas went and large numbers were added to the Lord. Barnabas fetched Paul. They spent a year teaching together and taught large numbers. And as a result, ministries emerged, prophets and teachers, and then apostles were sent out. And then the, the apostles go out and they come back to Antioch. And then they go out again on the second trip and come back to Antioch, which becomes a base. And I just want to say, God will add ministries. God will grow ministries. God will grow ministries in a church of large numbers if we will be faithful in sending them out. Let's prove ourselves faithful. Thirdly, the river reaches Corinth. In Acts chapter 18, and Paul spends 18 months in Corinth establishing the church. This church comprised, and you you, you know this from his letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, he says, there there are slaves and free, there are uh, Jew and, chapter 1, I beg your pardon, uh, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, rich and poor. In chapter 1, he says, not many were noble and wise. There were a few, but not many. It's much like our church. And um, there's a spectrum. And if there's one thing you say about Corinth, you say, there were some wild flowers there. But Paul labours with all his might to water this garden, to see it thriving, and to see it become one beautiful garden. I want us to aspire to a oneness, a unity together, that takes people's breath away. A oneness, a unity, when so many divergent people come together, are united around Christ, and it becomes so beautiful that it takes people's breath away. And finally, I want us to land in 
just get out of the river for a while. In Malta, Acts chapter 28. It's a wonderful story. I think it's one of the most remarkably overlooked moments in the New Testament. Yeah, honestly. I'm going to say that again because I really believe this is one of the most remarkably overlooked moments in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, in the story of the church. And what happens here is that there's been a, a storm at sea and um, Paul and his others on the boat have been shipwrecked. And it says in verse 1 that safely ashore, they, co- they come into land on a beach, in a bay, on an island, somewhere in the Mediterranean. And it says safely ashore, we then learned that the island was called Malta. Anybody been to Malta? Okay. They land in Malta. And Malta literally became a haven, a safe haven. It was, it was where they landed safely. They come through this storm They land safely in Malta, and Malta is for them a haven. Then it says in verse 2, the local people showed us extraordinary kindness. There's a couple of occasions, isn't there, where the writer adds the word extraordinary just to, to elevate something beyond the ordinary. It wasn't just kind. This was extraordinarily kind. For they lit a fire, and they, 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 they kept us warm. And then... And then um, It goes on to say that uh, Paul was entertained with great hospitality, verse 7, by the chief official of the island. His name was Publius. So these islanders are showing extraordinary kindness, great hospitality. And then it happened that Publius' father was sick in bed with dysentery and fever. And Paul went to him and praying and laying his hands on him, he healed him. That's not remarkable because we read about that a lot. But what happens next is remarkable. Verse 9. After this, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. Another translation says, Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. All the other sick people This haven became a haven of health. And for a moment in time, I don't know how long it lasted, just picture this, there were no sick people in that whole nation. A a nation was well. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that outstanding? Isn't that easily overlooked? The whole island was well and healthy. And I read that earlier this year and it knocked my little socks off. And I said, Lord, what's the key? How did this happen? And all I could see was that these, island has, these islanders had shown extraordinary kindness and great hospitality. And in doing that, had opened their hearts up to a powerful move of God. It's simple, folks. He's done it before. He can do it again. He baptized his church in power. He caused them to flow in living waters into the villages, the towns, the cities, the nations, to create a beautiful garden and a haven of health. 
I just want to say this in finishing. If you put the last slide up, please. I'm so, God, so glad God has spoken over the years. Aren't, you, aren't we blessed? Aren't we blessed to even be able to just talk about these things this morning because God spoke. God said these things. I believe he will do exactly what he's spoken of. And if you want to go with the flow, here's a few things I reckon we should be doing together. Number one, embrace God's word. All of us. Let's discover what it means for you and for me. Come and talk to us if that will be helpful. Embrace God's word. Secondly, really love your village, your town, your place, and know why you're there. Why did God put you there, Stephen Barney? In Paleton. Why are you in Paleton? There's a reason. Discovering why we're where we are is just fantastic, isn't it? Just, just transformative. Um, so thirdly, be ready to go and support and move and don't get too settled. Don't let comfort and compromise kill your calling. Let's just be ready to go and move. If momentum means anything, it's movement in our mission together. Then fourthly, just, I just wanted to say, what, what we heard yesterday morning was just fantastic in the seminars. And, and, and listen again, watch again, get hold of them. They'll all be on LRC Grow and apply those. What we do corporately kind of needs all, all the few hundreds of us to be delighting in our devotional lives. And what we heard yesterday will help us. Uh, and get equipped. Equip resumes on Tuesday night. I have to make a plug for equip because it's for everybody who wants to dig deeper. Everybody that's in any kind of leadership. Everybody just wants to go into the word more. We, we continue on Tuesday. Everybody's welcome. Third, fifthly, join the welcome team. What I mean is the whole church welcome team. A welcome team comprising all of us in which our arms are open wide to everybody that God is adding to us. We're welcoming. Return some of that LRC warmth you felt when you first came. Make healthy choices. What you say, what you do, the priorities, the choices you make. Be part of building a haven because of our healthy choices. And number seven, let's just be people who show extraordinary kindness. And see what it does. See what God does when our hearts are open and we show extraordinary kindness and we create a haven. Amen. I have gone on a little bit longer than intended, but I was interrupted halfway through, so, to, so that's 10 minutes off. I just want to say, let's bring delight to God as we honor his word and play our part in its fulfillment. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.